So I fall so hard, the employees wanna find me. And then wanna hire me. What's 100k to a guy like me? Could you please remind me? Fall so hard, this ain't easy. Working late nights, you best believe me. My grades can only go ace. Never wanna see another B unless I'm Jay Z. Fall so hard, let's get paid. Welcome to an episode of Farm So Hard. Very exciting topic today on mergers and acquisitions and how they impact pharmacy practice. Uh, here, I have author Benjamin Erdell. Ben, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. My name is Ben Erdell. I'm a pharmacy informatics manager at Cedar sinai Medical Center, and I, and I worked on this project with Oscar while we were in residency. I'm, I'm glad that we're finally getting it published this year. Excited to talk about it. Tell me, like, the purpose or rationale behind this article. Yeah, so this originally started out with our idea that there hasn't been any new literature focusing on educating young pharmacists, residents, and students about acquisitions. And as a group, we started to doing some more research and found that a lot of the literature out there is, is pretty dated back to mostly in the 90s. And so we kind of wanted to gather additional information, things that have come out since then, and provide additional insight, especially for the young um, professionals out there in our field. Um, but we ended up trying to broaden the scope and, and kind of educate the, the field as a whole, which is why we uh, decided to select AJHP as the, the journal to publish it. And we have someone else I joined a call, one of the other call authors. We're all we're recording right now. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? <laughs> Hey, this is Ashley Covert. I currently work at Dermot Hitchcock in New Hampshire as a manager of our central distribution services. So we got the gang back together. So now we're kind of talking about what mergers and acquisitions are. So they're kind of defined as consolidation of companies, differentiating the two terms. Mergers is the combination of two companies to form one, while acquisitions is one company taken over by the other. All right, so talking about some background information. The primary motivations for mergers and acquisitions for industries outside of healthcare include horizontal and vertical mergers to increase market shares, which create new service lines or enhance established services. Ashley, you wouldn't mind reading out like some of the other, uh, some more background information on mergers? So horizontal mergers, they inherently lessen the competition by removing an alternative source of a particular product so, or service from a consumer market. However, horizontal mergers may also create more efficient companies through reduced redundancies in services, lower capital expenses through shared resources and supply chain savings obtained through large volume purchasing, while vertical mergers occur when complement products or services consolidate. So as it relates to healthcare, some examples of vertical mergers include maybe an outpatient pharmacy merging with a generic medication manufacturer or CVS Health plan to purchase Aetna. Vertical mergers, they don't remove a competing substitute from the market, and for that reason, they carry less risk of violating federal antitrust laws. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like kind of what Ben was saying earlier, like through the 1990s, like mergers and acquisitions were prominent in the healthcare sector after a drastic decline in the early 2000s. There was a resurgence of mergers and acquisitions in the market in the last 10 years. Uh, according to Kaufman Hall, after just 50 health system mergers and acquisitions consolidations in 2009, the number has increased to 115 consolidations in 2017. So, Ben, again, like I know we talked about the rationale, how literature is limited on how this impacts pharmacy practice. What is the importance and relevance of this topic in terms of the yeah, so administration? 
Yeah, there's a couple of big implications that we wanted to get across in our research. The first, financial implications. Cost savings remains a driver in the pursuit of hospital consolidation, and savings potential through economies of scale are introduced in a consolidation environment through the efficiencies that may be gained through streamlining staffing efforts, decreased operating costs, and forging mutually beneficial relationships to, to shift costs around. Nonprofit to for-profit conversions, in particular, involve streamlining of services, an example being the closing of a trauma center at a consolidated location. So what do you guys think the first thing is that pharmacy leaders must do to kind of smooth the transition after a merger and acquisition? I think just even going into it, as you're leading up to the merger and acquisition, there's a little bit of anxiety because you're not 100% sure if it's going to go through, but everyone's talking about it. My system is currently going through this right now, and so we're all like, what's going to happen? Are we going to switch our group purchasing organization? Are they going to switch theirs? Are we going to come together as one? And so I think as a leader, being confident and transparent with your staff and saying there are a lot of unknowns. I will share with you the information I have as it becomes available and the impacts to not only you, but the department and the organization. But there's so many unknowns that as a leader, it's anxiety inducing. And so not transferring that to your staff, I think, has been one of the big things that I've seen as my organization kind of works, works through some of this right now. So far that from my experiences with all the mergers and acquisitions, leaders have to be patient and communication has been just the overall focal point on getting to know team members and kind of understand aligning itself with like the future mission and vision of who you're merging with. So some of the, talk about some of the benefits of mergers and acquisitions and thinking in terms of operations, banking over some like the major endpoints or takeaways from the article in terms of operations. Yeah. So for, for operations, you're really changing your network of relationships uh, between the different organizations that are merging together. And you can you can kind of rethink your strategic plan now that you've merged with another system where the vision should focus on pharmaceutical care and highlight the strengths of each department that kind of add together to the value of the organization. In terms of other operational benefits, you have increased efficiency for the most part. As I mentioned earlier, if, as because you're eliminating redundant workflows and services between the different organizations. You also have purchasing power from a larger organization as a whole. And if you, if you go the route of a central fill pharmacy, that can further increase your efficiency. Yeah, in my health system, we have the central fill pharmacy, and um, they do tremendous work for us because we're also 340B hospital, so they're, they're taking on the initial WAC costs, um, helping us decrease uh, technician labor. So overall, just improving our operations. They, in turn, also find, find a way to decrease waste and manage shortages. I don't know how they do what they do, but we appreciate um, our central flow pharmacy. Definitely like some of the concerns overall in operations with the merger and acquisition. So if you're fearful of being merged or acquired, you're worried about staffing, productivity, um, how's this going to impact our formulary? Typically, when you think of merger acquisition, you're thinking like, ah, oh, they're going to try to have us be a little leaner. From perspective of that central pharmacy, there are even concerns. They're also sharing the same servers, uh, inventory management software. How are you going to get the drug from this off-site central location? And there's a whole bunch of legality issues depending on what state you live in. You have employees at central. How do they also align or share the workload similar to those employees at other locations? 
other endpoints moving away from operations. Now let's talk about the clinical stuff that probably our clinical pharmacists are interested in. What are some of the benefits in terms of clinical services or takeaways we can have from our article? So I think in terms of clinical services, one of the really great things is offering expanded services or increasing the level of care at other hospitals that may not have traditionally had access to those. So thinking more critical access hospitals, smaller community hospitals, pulling them under a larger umbrella where they may have not only access to physicians, subspecialties, and those type things, but the pharmacy services where some of the smaller hospitals just don't have the resources to take on maybe they want to work on antimicrobial stewardship, but starting a program from scratch is going to be really challenging for them. So how do we say, hey, this is what we're doing and make the necessary modifications to the program to make it fit their workflows and their models? We've seen some of our smaller hospitals in our system that have recently come under our umbrella have really benefited from access to residency trained pharmacists as well, you know, branching out into more direct patient care, branching out into the ambulatory space. It's been really great to see those services develop throughout our system as we bring on affiliate members. I think, you know, and an important thing also talk about is you don't get there overnight. And so when we talk about therapeutic interchanges, IV to PO, dose rounding, a lot of things that can be standardized in the electronic health record, as you all come under one, we standardize in purchasing and administration rates and just really the increased patient safety that having access to those resources of a larger system hopefully provides benefit to smaller member of the merger or the acquisition. I think, you know, one of the, the big struggles is managing the formulary one hospital, let alone a system of 20 or 30 or however many you're growing to. And so I think it really forces us to be a steward of our resources and saying, are we doing this the most efficient manner? Learning from one another and saying, hey, what clinical services are really well-developed other places that maybe we haven't had the time and resources to dedicate to, you know, how do we do it? How do we, you know, gain these efficiencies, reduce some of the redundancies? Can we centralize things? So we talked a little bit with the operational section of a central cell pharmacy. Can we centralize some type of clinical services? Can we standardize our warfarin management throughout our system as we bring on more members or as we merge? So there's a continuity of care that greatly benefits our, greatly benefits our patients. I think there's some, some key takeaways for the clinical services and the clinical folks listening in. So I was going to like ask for Ben for his input, but I think you absolutely rocked that section. I <laughs> uh, killed it. I'm living it right I, now. I, 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 I absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with uh, everything you said. Now, because in just FYI, we do have an episode on formulary management. If you guys want to check that out, I think it's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So really excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Nice lengthy episode on formulary management for our folks. Uh, <laughs> so Ben, kicking it back to you. For those in the audience that really interested in the article, they just don't have a chance to read it yet because they're definitely going to read it because it's awesome. Can you summarize the article for us? Yeah, sure. Just to summarize kind of what we were talking about. So there is a lack of evidence in showing the cost and waste reduction results of mergers and acquisitions, which is part of the reason why we were putting this article out there. Mergers and acquisitions impact pharmacies financially through labor supply chain and strategic um, priorities of the organization. There are opportunities in buying power and organizational support when merging with a larger system, for example, Central pill pharmacies may be an opportunity that arises from a merger. 
And then, as Ashley alluded to, there's a lot of formulary management, clinical services. That should be um, concerns for pharmacy leaders, as well as the productivity of the staff and how it, how it will be affected by the merger. And kind of similar feedback that we got when we were trying to get published, some of the limitations was that a lot of the surveys or current literature was outdated. So to kind of make our article relevant, kind of pulling in key points and just putting in a true PGY, because we're all HSPA residents, we're writing this paper, just putting our perspectives and our experiences. So hopefully this is like a foundation for future articles or someone's actually really diving deep, deeper into like the true impact of mergers and acquisitions in terms of health system and pharmacy. So I would totally add. Go, um, go for it. I think if you've seen or been a part, part of one merger and acquisition, you've seen one. And I think that's what really reading the articles that we used in our paper highlighted is that just because one organization saw cost savings in this one particular metric doesn't mean that another one is going to. And so it's really interesting just to see that, okay, all mergers and acquisitions really are so dynamic and fluid that it's not case by case, oh, they merged and they did well, so we're going to merge and we're going to do well. I thought that was really interesting just because there was so much variability. And I think, you know, setting the goal on being in a, a senior leadership position, it's like, how do you make that decision was really interesting to me anyway. That concludes the episode, guys. You guys did a great job. I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedules, kind of not only promoting our paper, but just passing on like how mergers and acquisitions impact pharmacy practice, mainly because I'm pretty sure whoever listens to this episodes, even ourselves included, have been already impacted by a merger acquisition. There's probably a merger and acquisition happening right now while we're talking. <laughs> um, but again, <laughs> right? So what I would say is that uh, Ben, Ashley, thank you guys for joining the call this episode. Uh, please go ahead and introduce yourselves on the way out. Go ahead, Ashley. Okay. This is Ashley Cover. I'm the manager of Central Pharmacy Services at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health in uh, New Hampshire. And again, this is Ben Iredell. I'm the Pharmacy Informatics Manager at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Great. And I'm Oscar Santalo. I'm one of the Pharmacy Operations and Compliance Coordinators at Heaven Health Orlando. Guys, seriously, thank you. I'm really happy for our paper to be coming out. We worked very hard and it was very long on it. And I hope the audience finds it very helpful also. All right. Again, if you guys you guys can follow me on like LinkedIn or you can follow me on Twitter at farmsohard underscore OS. And again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.